0: You're listening to The Preaching Podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Well, what a joy it is to always be with you in the first of the year. And uh, I want to thank you for the place to stay and the meals. and I sure do love your pastor. I enjoy being around him. He has got a lot of energy, that boy. <laughs> I'm sort of laid back, you know. But uh, it's, it's always a joy, again, to be with you. And thank you for your kindness to me. Uh, I want you to open your Bibles to uh, Matthew chapter 7, if you will. And here at the first of the year, you know, Paul said in the Bible to examine yourselves in the faith. To make sure that you know that you're a child of the living God. And as an evangelist, as I go around the country, a lot of times I see people saved that have been in the church for a long, long time. Uh, this past year, I've seen a lot of uh, uh, people over 70 years old trust Christ as their Savior. It's been an amazing, amazing thing. And because, uh, uh, and I think I was telling somebody today, uh, my thoughts get jumbled up sometimes. But you know, Judas looked like a Christian but was not one, and then Lot didn't look like a christian but he was one. And so we can't always tell, we can't always see the hearts of people. Only God can do that. So I just want to challenge you to make sure that you know the Lord because I think about this often, you know, as I go around and I get to meet people and I see faces and uh, I think of one day if if I get to heaven and I don't see you there, that's going to break my heart. And um so I just want you to just think about this, and I'm not trying to make anybody doubt their salvation, uh, but I just want you to know that you, know that you know that you know that you know that you know that you're saved. God's given me that evangelistic heart, and so uh, we're going to talk about that tonight. And if you're here tonight, and you know that you know that you know that you know, would you say amen? Amen. amen. Well, this is a song, the second song I wrote after I got saved. I was so thankful to be saved. I'm still thankful to be saved. And so this is the one that the Lord allowed me to write. Thank you, Lord,
1: for giving me peace, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for changing my life, for taking control.
0: Matthew chapter 7, if you found that uh, in your Bibles, would you stand with me for just a moment? We're going to read three verses of Scripture, Matthew chapter 7, and starting in verse 21. Starting in verse 21, the Bible says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in those days, Lord, 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 have we not professed in thy name, and thy name have cast out devils and in thy name, done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Well, let's pray. Father God in heaven, I pray that you'll bless the reading of your word and this simple message tonight that I have uh, believed that you put on my heart. And Lord, I know many of these people know you as Savior. But if there's someone here tonight and they're not in Christ. They know about Christ, but they're not in Christ. They're in church, but they're not in Christ. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to their heart so that they could become your child before it's eternally too late. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Matthew chapter seven here, the Bible's talking about in these three verses witness and wonders and works. Professing, preaching, and punishment. In verse 21, he's talking about eternal salvation. In verse 22, he's talking about eternal situation. And then verse 23, eternal separation. And you can pretend to be a Christian all your life and die and go to hell. That's right. And you can fool your uh, family. You can fool your friends, but you cannot fool the father. That's right. And he knows the very core of your heart. That's right. I heard a, a little joke one time about a, a parrot that could talk really good. And he was sitting out in front of this uh, pet store. And this man and his wife went into the pet store and looked around. Didn't buy anything, whatever. And on their way out, that parrot looked at that man and he went, hey, mister. And the man said, are you talking to me? And he went, yeah. He said, you're ugly and your wife is too. (laughs) He said, I can't believe you said that to me. He got so upset. And he went into the store and he said, "Your, your, your parrot out there just offended me and my wife. And I don't really appreciate that. And he said, Really? What did he say? He said, told him I was ugly and my wife was too. And he went, oh, I'll take care of this. So he walked out there and he grabbed that parrot. (laughs) Don't you ever talk to anybody like that. You hear me? Yes, sir. (laughs) He walked back in the store and he said, I'm so sorry he did that. He will not do it again. I promise you that. (laughs) So the man and his woman were leaving the store. That little parrot went, hey, mister. (laughs) He turned around and he went, you know. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you, you act like you ain't ugly but you ugly I'm sorry no. <laughs> but acting is being a hypocrite it means to pretend to feign a counterfeit to decide to speak or act under a false part an actor under an assumed part in Job chapter 8 and verse 13 the Bible says so are the paths of all that forget God and the hypocrite's hope shall perish and Job 13, 16, for an hypocrite shall not come before him. Job 27, 8 says, for what is the hope of the hypocrite though he hath gained when God taketh away his soul? 2 Timothy 3, 5 says, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Yeah. And here in this passage of scripture, here he says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, many will say to me in that day but not everybody that says that is a saved and born-again Christian. In Matthew chapter 23, verses 13 through 33, I won't go there for the sake of time, Jesus calls the Pharisees hypocrites several times, warning them that they're trying to be something that they're not. Titus 1.16 says, They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him being uh, abominable and disobedient unto every good work reprobate. Now that word reprobate is the same word translated castaway, found in 1 Corinthians 9, 27. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. It means rejected, worthless, unapproved, unworthy, undiscerning, reprobate, put on the shelf. Now the Jehovah's Witnesses say they are Christians. The Mormons say they are Christians. The Muslims say they are Christians, but they are counterfeit because they believe in a counterfeit Christ. Most of your cults have a common denominator. They don't believe that Jesus Christ is God. Jesus said in John 8, 24, if you do not believe that I am He, ye will die in your sins." Folks, Jesus Christ is God Almighty come to earth. Amen. James 1:26, If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. And that word vain, again, means worthless. Wow. Are you a Christian? You know the word Christian is only in the Bible three times. Acts eleven twenty six And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. And Agrippa said unto them, Acts 26, 28, uh, Unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian, and in 1 Peter four sixteen, if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Now, the word Christian is Christianus. It means a follower of Christ, a little Christ, a little Christian. We're supposed to be, as I was talking to the teens this morning, walking, talking billboards for the Lord Jesus Christ. When people see us, they should see Christ in us. Uh, I love this little illustration. Of course, you know, I watch the Andy Griffith show way too much and that's all in my head. But there's a scene one time where Briscoe Darling goes to the hotel and he's going to get a room and he's pretending that he's going to get the room just for himself. Now, he's going to cheat the hotel, right? And what he does, he pays for one room, one person, then goes up there and drops a rope down the window And pulls his whole family up there, about seven of them. Pulls them all up into the room so they can all just stay there and uh, pay one price, right? And so after he pays for his room, he's getting ready to walk up the steps. And he looks down there and he said, are you down here all the time? And the man looked at him. He said, yeah, well, except for about eight o'clock, I'll go out and get me a bite to eat. He went, oh, okay. (laughs) And he said, well, is there something you need? He said, just a bed and a Bible. (laughs) Pretending to be a Christian. And going up there and going to cheat the hotel, right? And so a lot of people can say one thing, but they mean a lot others. I want you to turn your Bibles to Acts chapter um, 19 for just a moment. I'm going to show you some people in the Bible who acted like Christians, and it cost them. It cost them. Acts chapter 19, starting in verse 11. It says, and God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul... So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs, or aprons, and the diseases departed from them. The evil spirits went out of them. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them, which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preacheth. And there were seven sons of Siva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know. And Paul, I know, but who are you? Wow. See, these guys were pretending to be Christians, but they were not Christians. And these, these evil spirits knew it. Yeah. Wow. And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them, prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. See, they were professing, they were preaching, and then came punishment. The devil knows whether you're the real thing or not. And so do, you, so do your children. And you can come to church and you can act one way here and then go home and act a different way. Your children know that you're a hypocrite. Yeah. They know that you're living a double life. And so here is a, <clears throat> a sad, sad situation here. Now I want you to turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 8. Back a few pages. And we're going to see another fellow. First we see the sons of Siva. Now we're going to see simple Simon. In Acts chapter 8, starting in verse 9, the Bible says, But there was a certain man there called Simon, which before time on the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that he himself was some great one, pretending to be a Christian, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard, because that of a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also. He believed in his head, but he didn't believe in his heart. And when he was baptized, he even got baptized. He continued with Philip, wandered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now, the Bible says here, Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that, through laying on the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. Now, if he was saved, why did he offer them money? To get the Holy Ghost. Because see, the moment you get saved, you receive the Holy Spirit of God, right? Saying, give me also this power on whomsoever I lay hands that I may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. You see, salvation is a free gift. You can't buy and you can't earn it. Thou hast neither part nor light in this matter, for thou... For thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent therefore of this thy wickedness and pray God if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me that none of these things which he hath spoken come upon me. Guess what? Nobody else can pray you into heaven. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I can't call on the Lord and ask Him to save you. You have to call on the Lord and ask Him to save you. That's the only way you can be saved. This man performed miracles. He raised the dead. He he did all this kind of stuff. But he was a hypocrite. And he was trying to buy salvation because he was trying to act like he was a Christian. But he was a counterfeit. So we see the sons of Siva, uh, Siva. And we see simple Simon. And then thirdly, we see a sad suicide. A sad suicide. Now this man performed miracles. He raised the dead. He healed the blind, the deaf, the dumb. His ministry only lasted three years. He was around 30 years old. He died a horrible death outside of Jerusalem. His name has five letters and starts with a J and ends with an S. You know what his name is? Judas. Judas. He would have won the Academy Award for being the best actor in the world. Because even when Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me, nobody pointed their fingers at Judas and said, oh, crooked nose, man. You know, old money miser over here. No, they said, is it I, Lord? I mean, he was such a good actor that nobody even suspected him. He was professing and preaching, but then ended up punishment. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 25, from which Judas by transgression failed that he might go to his own place. And he hung himself on a tree inside of where Jesus hung on a cross for his sin. He had a worldly sorrow and tried to take it, make it right by giving back the 30 pieces of silver. That was his way of trying to cover his sin. But the Bible says in Matthew 27, 3-5, Then Judas, which betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. And all he had to do was come to Christ. Repent of his sins and trust Christ. And he would have forgiven him of all of that. But he tried to do it on his own because he was a counterfeit Christian. He was just acting. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 10, the Bible says, For godly sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Adam and Eve did the same thing in the Garden of Eden with the fig leaves. But only blood can cover your sins. Fig leaves cannot cover sin. That's why God had to kill an innocent lamb in the Garden of Eden and use that uh, skin to cover their bodies. But the blood covered their sin the blood covered their sin. First John 1, 7, then the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Proverbs 28, 13, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. In all three of these cases, p- people were very close to Jesus but never came to know Him as Lord. And you can read your Bible and you'll never find in there where Judas called Jesus Lord. He never did. Some folks have been to church all their life but they've never been born again by putting their faith and trust in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wouldn't it be sad to be this close to Jesus and miss heaven? Yes. And die and spend eternity in hell forever, separated from God in the lake of fire, just because you were a good actor? Boy, that would be terrible, wouldn't it? Yes. Matthew seven twenty one through 23. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. What is the will of the Father? That you repent of your sins and trust Christ as your Savior. So you can avoid this awful torment that people are going to do because they're just acting. Are you a Christian? Or are you just acting like one? We've looked at the sons of Stephen, simple Simon, and the sad suicide. But lastly... We find a seeking savior, a seeking savior, Luke 19:10, "For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost." John 3:16, "For God so loved the world that He gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish and go to hell, but have everlasting life in a place the Bible calls heaven." John 6:44, Jesus said, "No man can come unto me except the Father which has sent me, draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day." You know Jesus, was a witness, and he did wonders, and he did works, but everything was to point people to the Father. In John 5, 36, the same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. Wonders, John 4, 48, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And then works, John 21, 25, and there are also... Many other things which Jesus did, which if they would be written, everyone, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Living as a Christian should be as natural as breathing if you have Christ living inside you. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to act because when you trust Christ as your Savior and he comes in, he's going to come out. He's going to stick out, right? I know I've shared this illustration about the little boy that asked his dad how tall Jesus was. And he said, son, I can't answer that. It's not in the Bible. And he said, well, I was thinking about something, dad. He said, I've asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. He lives inside me. He said, that's right, son. And he said, you know, he said, maybe Jesus was six feet tall like you, dad. He said, could have been, son. I I just don't know. He said, well, I was thinking about something, dad. If Jesus was six feet tall like you, and I'm four feet tall, and he lives inside me, he ought to stick out, don't you think? Let your light so shine before men they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Years ago, now I love boxing, my brothers and I, and I, I have mentioned to you before about my younger brother. He's a two-time world lightweight kickboxing champion, and, and we love boxing. I have for years, and... Uh, <laughs> kids in the neighborhood would come by our house and we'd beat them up and send them home. You know? <laughs> because they, they had never boxed before. And you get somebody that's never boxed before and you know how to box, you, you can tear them up pretty good, you know. That's fun. <laughs> that might sound kind of mean, ladies. I'm sorry, but we used to have fun doing that. But uh, there was a guy, his name was uh, Randall Tex Cobb. Randall Tex Cobb was just a, he, he worked at a, a club as a bouncer. And then he started doing these, these, uh, what, what do they call them? Oh, I can't even think of what it was now. Um, well, these boxing matches, there weren't really boxing matches. they just throw them in there and they'd fight, you know, and, and stuff. So, but he got a reputation of being a fairly good boxer. But he, he wasn't a good... He was kind of like Rocky. All the fights he had, he just couldn't remember to put his hands in front of his face. You know what I mean? And so he got beat up a lot, but he beat a lot of people up. But he got to fight Larry Holmes for the world championship. And he went... Um, that was back in the days when they went, uh, they only go 12 rounds now, but they used to go 15 rounds. And he went 15 rounds with the champion of the world. This guy just from the streets, just from growing up and just fighting. He was just rough as a Cobb and his last name was Cobb. And, uh, and so my brother Dale and I watched his career. We loved Randall Tex Cobb because he was a character, man. He was funny, very quick-witted. When he won the, <laughs> he asked my brother this question. We met him in Wilmington, North Carolina, and he asked my brother this question. He said, Dale, he said, when you fight, do you bleed? And Dale went, what? He said, you know, when you fight, do you bleed? And Dale said, no, not really. He said, man, I start bleeding when they sing the national anthem. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of guy he was. He's just funny, you know. And so we, we were watching his career, and when he fought Larry Holmes that night, he went 15 rounds with the champ, but I mean, the champ just... The guy in the champ's corner told him, and said, Larry, if you keep hitting him in the head, you're going to break your hands. Just hit him in the body. Let's get through this thing, you know. Now, Howard Cosell at that time was a big commentator, boxing commentator. And when the, when the whole thing was over, they put the microphone in Randall Tech's Cos. He said, well, he said, you went 15 rounds with the champ. You look kind of rough. And he said, uh, what are you planning to do with the money that you made? And he said, well, I guess I'll just go have a party. I said, okay. He said, would well, you know that after watching this uh, exhibition of brutality tonight, that Harold, Howard Cosell said he would never commentate boxing ever again? And Randall went, well, if I'd have known that, I'd have planned two parties. <laughs> 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 that was just Randall Tex Cobb. So my brother heard that Randall Tex Cobb was doing a movie. He was an actor, too. He did some movies and stuff. And he was going to be doing a movie in Wilmington, North Carolina. And uh, he was also training for a fight. Now, my brother and I know where the boxing gym is there in Wilmington. We've been there many times working out and stuff. And uh, he called me and he said, Bruce, guess who's going to be in Wilmington this week training for a fight and working on a movie? And I said, who, Dale? And he said, Randall Tex cop. And I said, oh, man, wouldn't it be great to meet him? He said, that's what I was thinking. He said, let's drive down there and see if we can meet him. And I said, okay. So we got in the car, and we drove down there, and we went to the boxing gym. And guess who walks in? Randall Tex Cobb. And so we introduced ourselves, and my brother said, look, if I can help you do some body. And you know, Randall Tex Cobb's a heavyweight. My brother's a, a lightweight. But he said, you know, I could do some body rounds with you. And he said, man, that would really help me. And he said, my brother Bruce can keep time for us. And so we had a, a wonderful time in there. I was watching them beat on each other and stuff. You know, I was keeping the time. And, and then after it was over, he said, man, thank you guys for helping me. And we said, sure, man. We just we were looking forward to meeting you. And he said, do you all live close by here? We said, no, sir. We live about two and a half hours from here. He said, well, what are you doing here? And I said, we came to meet you. He said, you drove two and a half hours to meet me. Are you crazy? I said, well, yeah, I guess we are. <laughs> and he said, well, what are you going to do now? We said, we don't have any plans. I mean, we're either going to hang out with you or we're going to go home. And he went, well, you want to go get something to eat? And we said, sure. So we went to eat with Randall Tex Cobb. Man, we were just having a ball. And he was doing a night shoot that night at 12 o'clock midnight. And he got to tell us about it. And he said, would you boys like to go with me to the night shoot? And we said, yes, that would be great. So we're sitting up here and he's doing his scene up there and we're watching him do what he was doing. And I'll never forget this. He came and sat down beside me. And this is what he said. He said, Bruce. He said, you know, growing up as a kid, he said, I lied to my mom, I lied to my dad and other people. He said, so it's really not hard for me to lie to a camera. Wow. He said, acting is just Lying. And if you're acting like a Christian, you're lying to yourself. And again, you can fool your friends, you can fool your family, but you can't fool the Father because He knows your heart. Are you a Christian or are you just acting like one? Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Koburnack.